Welcome back to the Elise Yeezy Show. I'm your host, Elise Yeezy, and today I'm joined by Rachel Woats. Hello. Hi. Oh, thanks. How for... are you? Um, yeah, good. I was gonna say, like, thanks for having me, but um, I don't know. I guess this is kind of like a thing we're doing together. But thanks for having me on your podcast channel. Yeah. Right, that's um, all good. Yes, this is yeah. a new thing oh, <laughs> that sorry, we're doing I... together. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm not in the flow of speaking yet. Words are hard sometimes. Do you ever get like that? Do you know what? I have a big problem with like not wanting to interrupt people because I swear I was told my whole life, don't interrupt, it's really, really rude. That was drilled into my head. But then when you go out there in the big wide world, everyone like is always interrupting each other. Sometimes to the point that if you're, you're speaking to someone and you're in the middle of a sentence and you've not taken a pause, but they will just start speaking. And when people do that now, I double down and continue what I'm saying. And it's like two people are just having a conversation with each other. And I hate it, but apparently... The reluctance to interrupt stuff is a bit of a neurodivergent ADHD thing, oh, apparently. That makes a little sense. bit. Yeah, yeah. I I do have issues with like struggling to know when it's my turn to speak in conversations. I find it really hard in groups. That's why, like most of my friends, yeah. I see them like one on one because you know they stop talking and then you start, and that makes sense. But in a group, it's like, well, I don't get when you're meant to start. There's just all these people talking at once, and usually I just sit there like and get overwhelmed. Oh, you just have to go for it. You just have to say something and interrupt because everyone does it. So I guess it's just not, it's not rude, you know. I find the worst thing is uh, like if I'm in the conversation with a bunch of people, I'm thinking of all these funny things to say and then I don't say any, say any of them. And then someone else will say what I'm thinking and they'll get a good laugh. And I'm like, well, I came up with it first. I just didn't commit to the bit. See, it's probably because they are like telepathic and they're stealing your jokes. So really, I think you need to like sue them. Do you ever get worried that people are reading your thoughts? Oh my God, yeah. Do you ever do that thing when you're in public where you like think something weird and you're like, if anyone can hear this? And then you look around for reactions. No, I get a bit more like, oh God, I hope that no one is listening to me right now. You know, I get a bit worried, like like paranoid like that, you know? Oh, I'm always like, okay, like doing little tests. It's, it's so stupid. I'm, I'm a skeptic at heart. I shouldn't think these things, but I do. <laughs> Well, I do that with animals, actually. You know, I'll, I'll telepathically think, <laughs> if you can understand this right now, can you wink? Can you blink? Can you do something? Never works, but one day. Oh. See, me and Kyra have, like, whole little conversations, not telepathically, just, like, in person. I'll be like, what do you think of this baby? And she's like, me too. I think we can understand each other. Yeah. I think so with dogs, because we have evolved with them for a couple hundred thousand years. So I think that they can actually um because what the most intelligent dogs can learn is it 250 words or yeah, 500 words something yeah. like that but i think they can understand a little bit more than that because oh, yeah. the evolution alongside you know i think it's you know there's that thing where like mothers can recognize the cries of their baby and like yes. pick out their baby and they know what their baby wants from the cries i get like that with kyra and like i can recognize what she wants from the noises she makes so mm. i'll do a thing sometimes i'm like what do you want baby and she'll make a sound i'm like oh your water's empty okay and i don't know how i know that from like the noise she's making it's like a subconscious thing i couldn't be like oh that noise but in the moment you're like ah i know mm. it's almost instinctual mm. interesting isn't it east yes. well, speaking of animals mm -hmm. guess what happened today and this i'm not happy i'm uh, like i'm hot right now and i dare not open the balcony 
oh god what i'm a prisoner in my own home i just had the door open i'm just chilling watching gilmore girls you know and i see i see a hornet the size of my thumb like that like buzzing around so i leap forward and i smash the door shut and then it was just sitting on the balcony like just sitting there for ages and i at one point I got some water and I kind of like like flicked some water at it to see if it had died and it started <laughs> moving and I was like oh god but it was so I've never we live in England I've never yeah. seen a hornet before like it was I'm not joking it was the size of my thumb like the length of I've never seen that before I'm terrified ridiculous god I don't like that I did think you were going to say something like a mouse or a rat at first and I was like, oh no, I'm fine with them. I like mice, like mice and rats. They're fine, but no big oh, hornets. And I was googling it and stuff, you know, just to make sure that it was a hornet. And mm. I think it was a European hornet. And I thought to myself, what European? What do we have Brexit for then? <laughs> We're getting these hornets. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but like I've never seen a hornet in real life, and that is, dude, that is that is scary. That is some bad shit. I felt like I was in fallout with some sort of radioactive <laughs> bug that had grown like five times its size have you seen those bugs they have in america they're like c- cicadas i think they're called oh, the fact that like those mm. just fly around and exist is terrifying to me like i couldn't imagine seeing one in real life just there's there's loads it. of them in japan actually because really? like in the noise that they make they use that in like loads of animes just oh. whenever someone's outside there's always that weird kind of uh, yeah. like shh noise yeah. of the cicada have you seen that video of the dog who caught one in his mouth and he was just holding it? And the, the owner's like, what have you got in your mouth? What have you got? And every time he opens his mouth a little bit, it gets louder. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. Insects, no thank you. I tell you, I am like, I am a vegan and animal rights activist. But as soon as like I get a hornet as big as my fist, mm-mm, that's going out the window. Would you eat insects? No, because I just don't really have an interest in in doing that in the first place so i mean i'd just i'd rather have some crisps <laughs> would you thing, not an ethical thing um <laughs> i don't know logically i know it's no weirder than eating any other animal but there's just some mental block in my mind i can't get over but my sister has she got this whole like snack box of insect snacks essentially and it was like chocolate covered locusts and like bugs that had been mushed up to create like protein bars and stuff and she was like yeah it's all really tasty really nice so yeah she said that's like that's like that film snowpiercer where they're on the train that keeps going forever have you have you ever heard of this i've never seen it but i yeah but i saw a youtube video like about this theory that actually um charlie from willy wonka Mm. It, like like Snowpiercer is a continuation. Yeah. It's the sequel to Charlie and Chocolate Factory because the guy who made it is actually. Ch- it was a really compelling video, even though it sounds nonsensical, <laughs> right? Um, but they were eating like, uh, well, I guess not candy bars, but just squares made of mm. bugs and locusts and stuff. I don't know. Like, I guess I just I I don't feel a compulsion to. I don't think I'd get squicked out by it or anything because yeah. i don't I, i'm not that squeamish when it comes to stuff you know like i don't look at a piece of raw meat and go oh you know like, <laughs> like some some vegans they'll have a they'll have a breakdown <laughs> if they see a bit of, you know i'm fine with that right um which i don't see the need like i'll just have some mccoys instead you know what i mean like yeah you know There's maybe things to eat you know if there was an apocalypse and mm-hmm. there were just 
massive like they're called rad roaches in fallout oh, yeah. you know yeah if if that was the only meat going around though even if the rad roach is like you know two foot two foot long would it have meat to speak of it's an insect so does it have meat on it because meat is muscle do insects have muscle or is it just exoskeleton i don't know you know because like things like locusts and stuff that people eat and like grasshoppers and whatever they're apparently really high in protein but i don't know what exactly it comes from mm. like, which bit of them is proteiny i don't know should i get a bug expert on yes ask them these questions if there was a nuclear apocalypse what would be the best insect to get protein out of yes mm. i think i think that's an important question we all need to answer or know the answer to yeah i've had oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> okay <laughs> the neurodivergent thing. okay i'll go first um no i had like this nuclear expert on the episode's oh. not out yet though yeah by the time this is out that one should be out brian toon i should have asked him that like what <laughs> bug would you eat if nuclear armageddon happened and you survived and then all the insects were like 10 times that was like which bug would you eat i should have asked him he would have known so I literally started reading a book today called Extraordinary Insects and I'm mm. like literally 20 pages in, like not very far at all. But um, apparently there are some bugs that are so small, we can't see them with the human eye, but they're like fully functioning little living organisms that are basically just scaled down versions of like every other insect. So there's like these midges that are so small, they can land on the tip of a human hair and still be like, you know, still have a couple of them on there. They're that small. It's crazy. Oh, insects are cool. But there's also um, insects that are so big. Um, like there's one, I think it's a type of cockroach that weighs as much as a blackbird, mm. which is horrifying. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to so work that out. Dense and big. And, mm, Do you know yeah. what I never liked? You know, in the film, the hit film, Brendan Fraser, The Mummy. Yeah. I've never actually seen it. Oh my god, no, it's like, it's a really good film. And funnily enough, actually, like The Mummy is is kind of like one of these films where it was sort of like a sexual awakening for a lot of people <laughs> because everyone in the film is just good looking. Like <laughs> everyone, you know, but but people, I feel like most people were crushing on Brendan Fraser. He looked really yeah. good at the film, right? Or um, is her name Rachel Wood? Yeah, I think her name's Rachel Wood or whatever. Um, But there was this guy, he plays a Medjai which is like an Egyptian warrior. I'm probably butchering that. He was always my favorite. You'll have to look this up. Like he was always he was always my favorite for whatever reason. Like he was the one that I had a crush on. Um, but they have like these scarab beetles and there's a scene in the film where they like burrow into like, uh, is Omar Dijali, the comedian, he was in it and they burrow into his skin and they go like up into his brain and he smacks oh. himself into a wall and dies. Oh God, I hate that so much. Yeah, so I was always scared of, I was always really scared of scarab beetles, despite living in England, not being anywhere near them. Understandable. Like when you're a kid, you're scared you're going to die in quicksand, right? Because everyone always tells you quicksand's dangerous and you're going to die in it. We're in the UK. Yeah. We're not going to die in quicksand. I went for a cycle ride with my dad once and we had to go across this um really just wet sandy area I don't know where we were and I started to sink a little bit because it was it was it was like the tiniest amount of quicksand like I must have sunk a few inches and he had to like pull me out but I was like this is the end someone write my will my sister <laughs> can have my ps1 I have a similar story but not as nice it, oh, it's really embarrassing. So uh, when I was like 16, I did my Duke of Edinburgh Bronze Award, as you do. Mm. And I'm not really a 
camping type person and I'm not a very strong person so having to carry all my stuff was horrific and I also couldn't afford things like proper walking boots and stuff and you know being from a poor family um the school helped me out a bit and they like lent me a rucksack they lent me walking boots and all this stuff but the only size walking boots were a bit too big for me which wasn't too much of a problem just stuffed them with extra socks and stuff and it was fine um until the second day on the way back it started chucking it down with rain and everything was so muddy and boggy everywhere everywhere and we're going through this uh, big field full of cows and in the middle it's just a big boggy patch of mud and cow mess and all this stuff and as we're going through my boots start sinking in and because they're a bit big they start getting a bit loose oh, and God. i lost a boot so I'm there, this big rucksack that's like way too heavy for me, way too big for me, trying to get my shoe back in a boot, hopping around like one legged. And um, yeah, basically I just fell straight first into this cow field and got oh. covered head to toe in mud. And oh God. Yeah, that was a fun day. That sounds <laughs> great. When you said When you said about the school lending you these boots mm -hmm. i had like a random thought of do you ever remember do being in like reception like year r year one and two mm -hmm. like an infant school yeah. and you forget your pe kit so then you have to just do pe in your underwear like oh, did your yeah. school do that we had to do that anyway up to uh year four no way yeah yeah we didn't have pe kits up until we were in year five we just had to do it in like vest and knickers it was so embarrassing i hated it well, that's another thing too, like vests. When did we all stop wearing vests? Because as a little kid, you have to wear a vest all the time. As an adult, I've never worn a vest in my life. <laughs> like, um, when does that stop? I was 11. I know that much. I I got my first little, like, uh, crop top style training bra thing when I was 11, just about mm. to secondary school. That's when I stopped wearing vests. I felt like a big grown-up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, shall we get on with today's yeah. episode? Gilmore Girls. Um, yeah, so I'm going to just briefly explain to the audience uh, what the hell's going on. I love Gilmore Girls. I don't think, I don't know if that is rogue of me, but I don't know if my audience would expect me to be, I think Gilmore Girls is my favorite TV show. Like, I think it is. I've rewatched it so many times and I'm currently on another rewatch of it. I'm in the middle of season five and I love I love watching it and then seeing what other people think and dissecting the episode and stuff, you know. And usually I just message one of my mates who doesn't watch Gilmore Girls and he's like, why do you act like these people actually, you know, exist? Because, like, people, he just doesn't get it. It's just so, I think it's a fantastic character study. I think everyone is so layered, multifaceted, um, complex, you know. There's all these parallels. I think it's, I think it's a great show. So, Rachel also likes Gilmore Girls. And I figured... Which may be why... less surprising for people, I think. But right? I, I think a lot of people think that I'm going to really like Rory and really relate to Rory. And I'm like, no, she's the worst character in it. Oh my God, <laughs> whenever... No, whenever I see people being like, oh, Rory is just so relatable to me. I'm like, really? The little homewrecker? <laughs> oh my God. Even just re-watching the pilot for this episode, I, I have things to say about Rory. Same. We'll, Same. we'll get into it. So for me, by far the worst, like the villain of the series for me is Christopher. Um, I think this is what's kind of compelled me to do this because mm -hmm. I'm going to make some Gilmore Girl related content on the main channel anyway, you know. Um, but I saw some clips on YouTube and I saw people being like, oh, Christopher was her soulmate. Just, you know, um, 
right place, wrong time. And it's like, sorry, have you watched the same show as I'm what you mean the complete deadbeat dad who as far as I'm concerned he does not give one shit about Rory only in relation to how he can get closer to Lorelai you know the only person he cares about like barely even cared about his own kid like his own Gigi that Gigi's mum had to run away to a different country for him to just like learn how to change a nappy we'll get to it we'll get to it in a few years time so I figured Rachel and I would go off and we'll watch each episode, you know, starting from the very beginning, it's Inception, starting from the pilot, and then we're just going to discuss and dissect the characters. All good? Everyone's clear on that? I'm, I'm very excited to do this. I think it's going to be good. Oh. I think, and this is quite the thing we're committing to, by the way, because there's like seven seasons, there's a revival. Um, <laughs> like, I'm I'm so committed to this because I just love re-watching Gilmore Girls. So I'm all in which is what luke says to lorelei when they start dating so also luke's mm -hmm. the hero of the program you cannot convince me otherwise i love him i am team luke all the way i love luke so much but my boyfriend saw me watching gilmore girls and he was like who's <laughs> that man he's all scruffy who is he and i was like don't you dare speak his name <laughs> you I, say, I, I can't believe he doesn't like luke i think luke's a beautiful man he just won't give him a chance because he also just won't sit and watch Gilmore Girls with me like he just won't which I think is unfair because I have to right now. <laughs> I have to go watch Marvel films like you know you could at yeah. least sit down and watch seven seasons of this TV show <laughs> 45 minutes a piece 22 episodes a season you could like at the very least you know I went to see Doctor Strange in the cinema of you right <laughs> no I went to go see the Suicide Squad the um the remake, not the one with Jared Leto. I went to see the Suicide Squad in the cinemas. There's another with my one. boyfriend. Yeah, it's got Margot Robbie and it's got John Cena in, and I hated it. Like I was so miserable. So he owes me big time for that. Like I've still not got over that, and that was like a year ago. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm really low maintenance, actually. <clears throat> right. So, episode one was the pilot. Now the pilot does what a pilot does there's actually not going to be loads for us to really get into because the pilot has to introduce all of the characters the basic plot line of it is rory well lorelei and rory are a mother-daughter duo single mum, teenage kid rory gets into a private school called chiltern and then she starts acting like a brat because of a boy <laughs> now chiltern is a very expensive private school it's uh i think it's just made up for the show so lorelei has to go to her very rich wealthy estranged 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 yeah parents to get a loan but only on the basis that rory and lorelei have friday night dinner with the parents here on after that is the basic gestalt <laughs> it's interesting because like i think the pilot does such a good job of like setting up all the characters but at the same time if you only watch the pirate and then say okay let's imagine there's no character development where do you see these people being in seven years time you can literally predict, especially with Rory, exactly what's going to happen to her just from her behavior in the pilot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Go on. Oh, my... Is she... Mm -mm. <laughs> so, Rory's set up to be this, like... Everyone's like, oh, my God, Rory's so smart. Rory's got such great good grades. Rory can do this and this and this. But we never actually see any of it. We don't mm. see her studying hard. We don't... I mean, we hear she reads a lot of books, but that's about it. We don't actually see her doing anything good or being nice to anyone. Like, 
she kind of takes everyone around her for granted, like getting Michelle to do her French, uh, check over a French essay for her and stuff like that. And he's like, no, I don't have time. And she's like, okay, great. Pay attention to the grammar. Bye. And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like she finally gets everything she wanted and then throws it all away because suddenly a boy's on the scene. She's fickle. Mm. Mm. Yes, I did notice that. However, I did think that in the pilot episode, Rory, well, first of all, she had a deeper voice, which I much prefer over her baby voice. But I looked into this and apparently Alexis, uh, is it Bleedle, Bledel? I don't know how to pronounce her last name, I'm sorry. But Alexis had caught pneumonia before doing season one so for all of season one her voice was recovering so it was naturally a little bit deeper because of a sickness i didn't know that but you know i do prefer the deeper voice because i do think the baby voice gets more and more pronounced as the seasons go by and Mm. it sounds a bit odd when it's coming out of like a 22 year old woman at the end who's actually like 24 or 25 in real life regardless um i think rory in the pilot episode is a lot more sullen She's a lot more moody. She's a, she's a bit snappier. She talks back to Mrs. Kim. She makes like a joke and then Mrs. Kim is like, uh, boys don't like funny girls or whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually found her quite likable up until the moment she met Dean. And then oh, really? for the rest of the pilot, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in the but pilot, they're more of a traditional mother-daughter dynamic. I feel like Lorelai is the one trying to push the whole, we're best friends, tell me everything, tell me about this boy. Um, and Rory's being a bit standoffish towards it. But then Lorelai does put her foot down and say to Rory, no, you're going to go to Chilton. Yeah. And like Lorelai season five would not act like that with her. No. You know, I, I love that moment. I literally have like, I made notes while I was watching the episode, mm. like watching it. I was like, I wish we saw this a little bit more throughout the whole series because, like, that moment, she's actually a mum, and you actually, yeah. Oh my god! It... Sorry, did you hear that? It was, was Siri. It that time. <laughs> no, no, sorry, I just activated Siri while I was speaking. It's like, mm-hmm, yes, and I was freaks me out. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> scared myself a bit. This happened when we were filming before, I think, as well. But I set off my Google Nest thing. Then it. I don't like having voice activated things in the house. They scare me. And yeah, I have so many. Um, but yeah, I want to see more like actual parenting opportunities from her. And like when she told off Emily being like, no, I've done everything for myself. Like I, I'm a self-made woman, like be proud of me. And Emily has the cheek to turn around and say like, yeah, but imagine where you'd like, yeah, you've done all this now, but imagine where you'd be if you'd just taken some money from us. I was like, ooh, that, that angered me. But I loved like, Lorelai's like passion and fire and independence there and I feel like they made her more and more irresponsible and silly and childlike as the series went on where she started off like being fun and whimsical and silly but still still an adult you know oh no I totally agree I think Lorelai you know in the pilot she's coming across as very independent you know that she doesn't want to get the handout from her parents or whatever she's a proud woman um she has a line where she says i became an adult as soon as the line turned pink yeah. about her teenage pregnancy right and that for me is a, a ha not really though because as the series progresses um it's weird because when i was a teenager and i first watched this i thought emily and richard were the worst and i do think that i think they're very compelling i think richard is way worse than emily and we'll get onto that like later on um but actually it's funny getting older I have a little bit more sympathy for Emily because I think she is trying to have a relationship with her daughter and granddaughter but she doesn't really know how to and she was brought up in a very different generation um but yeah Lorelai she's really not as independent as 
Amy Sherman Palladino wants us to believe later on. Because I do I do find now when I rewatch it, I find Lorelai really immature. And at the beginning of the pilot, she's still a few years older than me um, that, than I am now. But I wouldn't act like that immature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she's 36 in the pilot, which is crazy because like... Oh, I thought she was 32 because she was 16 when she had Rory. Yeah, and Rory's 16 in the pilot. 32. Oh the my 16 god! Sixteen. <laughs> God's sake! I can't do numbers. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, two sixteens are thirty-six. <laughs> no. Um. Okay, you're right. Thirty-two. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, so she is like our age, nearly. I don't know. What? She's like ten years older than me. I'm still. I've just turned twenty-two. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought you were twenty-one. I'm sorry. I know, thanks. Um, one thing that uh, I did notice is when Lorelai goes to Richard and Emily's to ask about the loan or whatever, whatever Richard keeps rep- repeating, you need money to Lorelai. But <laughs> Lorelai never goes to them for handouts in the first place. And in that same conversation, they do say, um, yeah, you've never come to us for help before. So I don't understand why he keeps saying you. Like, was the line meant to be said in more of like a, you need money, like kind of bewildered way. What, like, was that? Because I don't, and I love, um, uh, I think his name's, is it Edward Herman? Let me see. Oh, the actor. Edward Herman, the guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Edward Herman. He um, he was in he was in a film called The Lost Boys with, who's that guy? Oh, what's that guy? That guy, he played a, Kiefer Sutherland, that's it. Lost Boys, Kiefer Sutherland, Alex Winter was in it. He's part of Bill and Ted. Um, I really like Edward Herman, and I think he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. But I wonder if that line was maybe meant to be said a little bit differently because it's just like a, you need money, you need... But she never goes to them in the first place. I, I literally wrote in my notes, like, he's acting like she's some irresponsible, spoiled brat who constantly takes money from them. But she never does that. She's not irresponsible with money. She's not constantly asking for help. She's not... Like, I imagine that's the kind of line that, like, Logan's parents would say to him, like, later in the series. You know, I just, it bothered me a bit. I don't know. It's interesting. What do you think about Michelle? I'm conflicted. I like him. He's meant to be... Yeah, because people will say, oh, he's rude because he's French. And it's like, French people aren't rude. Parisians are rude. And he's meant <laughs> to be, um, the guy who played him, played mm. him as a Parisian. Like, because yeah. they just, I mean, even, well, my boyfriend's French, so I just know about this stuff, right? But most <laughs> of France do not like Parisians because they are more standoffish and rude <laughs> and stuff. But um, but I love him. I think he's so, I saw someone on Reddit say, um, we like him because we wish we could say the stuff he says without being fired. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, you know, because I'm always like, like whenever I used to work in hospitality, whatever, I was always thinking, oh God, these idiots or oh, people, people have walked in, I'm going to have to do my job now. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to get further into my rewatch before I kind of like figure out how I feel. I remember I liked him a lot more at the end of the series than I did at the beginning, mm. but like watching just in the pilot, he felt like a little bit stereotypical at times, which kind of bugged me a bit. But also, I liked that he was one of the only people who actually stood up to Rory a little bit and, like, Mm. didn't take any of her crap and was like, why is your child at work? And stuff like that, Mm. which I thought was good. But I don't know. There were some bits where, like, I always pictured him as being, like, quite hardworking, but also, like, 
you know, he was kind of out of patience with people. Whereas in the pilot, he came across as like a little bit more lazy, you know, like not wanting to do his job and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm kind of glad they made that change to move away from that a bit. But and what do you think about Suki? Because in the pilot, I mean, we're always told that she's clumsy. And I think uh, Melissa McCarthy gets to have some great slapstick moments mm. like later on in the series. But I do think in the pilot, it was a bit OTT. Like she was yeah. just a walking hazard. Like she would have realistically, if someone just walks into a kitchen and the whole place suddenly is on fire, you're going to fire that person. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's not my style of humor. So her kind of like, Ooh, I'm such a quirky, clumsy girl thing hasn't ever really done it for me. Mm. I don't know. It's um yeah. I like when she gets more serious moments later, but I kind of felt like in the pilot, I'm not quite sure what the point of her was. Well, you know Drella the harpist. Mm. So she was meant to play as Suki in the first place, but her name is Alex Borstein, and she's actually Lois from Family Guy. Um, and at the time, she had a different contract with a different TV show, so she couldn't commit to being Suki. So they made her Harpish just to be in the first few episodes because she's not in it past season one. Yeah. And then they um, quickly, I think they quickly sort of like came up with the, they 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 already had the character of Suki in mind, but I think they mm-hmm. actualized it a lot more once they got Maleficent McCarthy in the role. So they might have not have even known where they wanted to go with it at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. I am shocked Kirk wasn't in the pilot at all. I completely forgot about him because he played a different character at first, didn't he? Yeah, I think his name was like, I don't think his name was Dirk, but I feel like his name was Dirk. (laughs) It was was something completely different. And he was like a contractor or something, hired to do something. Mm. And then the next episode, they brought him back as Kirk. And then after that, he was just Kirk throughout it all. Uh, but I completely forgot he wasn't in the pilot and I did kind of find myself missing him a bit. Did you know that uh, the pilot, they filmed it in Canada, which is why mm. it looks completely different to the actual set when they used the studio lot in, I think, yeah. Burbank or well, in California somewhere. Yeah. And Scott Patterson, who plays Luke, he was only meant to be a one-time guest role. He was just meant to play Luke once in the pilot. Really? Um, yeah, but they wanted him to come back. And at first they offered, I think, two episodes and then four episodes, but his manager hardballed them and he got like a five or six year contract, Good. which from just doing a pilot, getting a six year contract, apparently that's almost unheard of in acting. I'm glad though. Luke's my favorite bit of the entire series. Mm. I think he's great. And that little moment between him and Lorelai in the pilot, I love that, where she's like, oh, you look nice. And he's like, he gets like all like blushy and he's like, mm. then he's like, mm, you look nice too. And then he goes all like full parent mode on Rory. I'm like, yes, more people need to do that with her. Good. Yeah, because um, he just had such natural chemistry, yeah. like onset chemistry with, well, I think with everyone and with uh, Lauren Graham. Yeah. I like mm. those two together. I think it's sweet. Yeah. Lauren Graham, did you know apparently she married the guy who played her brother in another TV series? No, I did not know that. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I read this in her like first sort of biography type book thing. It's like a series of small essays and stuff. And apparently it was like really conflicting for her because she's in this other series um, after Gilmore Girls. I can't remember what it was called now. But it's all centered around like families and stuff. And in it, she's got this guy who plays her brother and they, you know, started working together and they fell for each other. And then it was like really weird and conflicting for them because they had to be like 
brother and sister on set mm. and then like they'd leave and be together and it was apparently really weird for them so yeah good times <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's hard also to act as a sibling mm. because you know in Friends you know well obviously David Schwimmer and shit what's Courtney Courtney Cox yeah uh obviously they're not related in real life but they have to play brother and sister mm. um I don't know in the first season of Friends I've noticed that sometimes they're like like I don't know who what stagehand told them to do this but uh Courtney will like be sitting on Ross's lap and that kind of stuff and it, no, no I've noticed like they're very that's kind of like really. sitting sitting on his lap and I'm just like that's odd I don't have a brother but that's kind of odd yeah, I wouldn't do that with my brother or sister. That's a bit weird. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like sometimes mm. it can be a bit strange or hard. Do you know what I have noticed, actually? I've noticed in TV shows that um, if you want... Because we, the audience, are stupid. If you <laughs> want someone... If you want the audience to know that this person is related to someone else, mm. have them say, hey, big brother, hey, sis. <laughs> and do you know what? Gilmore Girls does that with Luke and his sister later on. She's always like, hey, big brother. Yeah, all the time. Liz. Always, and it's so annoying. It's like, okay, we get, like, cause I've never said to my sister, hello, sister. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a bit weird. I mean, sometimes like, pe well, when I was younger, people always used to mistake my brother and sister for my mom and dad because they're so much older than me. And I always looked mm. really young for my age. Okay. So it kind of became a thing in like my life where I'd be like, this is my sister this is my brother and I'd like preemptively <laughs> introduce them to people like that but um yeah I don't know there's also a weird thing where my sister and her now wife came over to mine once and mm. someone's like oh yeah I saw your sister and mum here earlier and I was like not mum not mum <laughs> oh god yeah it's weird my family's odd Oh, good times. That, that is, that is very, that's why you should assume. That yeah, I know, right? Presume. <laughs> I think um, also in the pilot with Rory, mm. they, if you notice, when she's talking to Dean, her outfits are way more grungy in the pilot because she's got this like oversized cardigan yeah. and then she's got like these big black, like really cool looking boots with these like tights and the skirt and stuff. And she looks grungy she looks like someone who you know because all the music that she and lane listen to they've got like quite a well rory likes a lot of rock music you know and well she also listens to macy gray so hmm yeah. macy gray yeah which one's that i think they had her sing on the show didn't they um they have a whole thing about like the the cd and rory's like i've lost my macy gray cd and then oh. Laurel, I, yeah laurel i stolen it and then when Okay, this is what I think is a plot hole. It's a really minor one, but it bugged me. So they have this whole thing in the beginning where Rory's like, I lost my CD. And Lorelai's like, no, I just stole it here, have it back. And then she hands it back. And then when they have that argument in the bedroom, Rory like slams the door and puts the CD in and like starts playing it. And then Lorelai walks out into the living room and puts the same song on. And I'm like, well, now you have two CDs apparently. <laughs> But no. no, it's artistic. It's just to show that they're like mother and daughter. There's similarities between them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like her style looked way cooler in the pilot because it was like, but I'm biased towards, you know, grungy. I mean, I just like live in black clothes, you know. I loved that big oversized jumper mm. that Rory was wearing. I thought it was great. And I thought it was really weirdly out of character for Lorelai to like mock her for it. 
mm. and be like oh like why are you wearing that blah, blah, and like kind of going on about it and like oh you know god forbid anyone see like the shape of your bones or whatever i think she said mm. something like that i thought that was really weirdly out of character for her yeah but they are kind of they're both kind of bitchy like later on in the series we see that they are kind of bitchy yeah. towards people's fashion senses i mean which yeah. i think like especially strangers and stuff Oh yeah, and they fat shame and stuff like all the like that's a prevalent theme in Gilmore Girls. I think um, my fan theory as to why Lorelai and Emily are always butting heads is because I think they're very similar people, oh, and they that's are. why. Yeah, and, and you do see the parallels between them in the pilot as well, which mm. I thought was interesting. Like as much as they were setting up the parallels between like Rory and Lorelai, they were also showing them between Lorelai and Emily, and I thought that was really good. I did like that. Mm. Um, like especially that scene where they're like sat on the sofa and Rory and edward are like sat there with their newspapers and like lorelei and emily like they even like frame them to look similar as if it was yeah i thought that was interesting um yeah emily i think has the best growth in the revival but we'll talk about that when we get to it but i didn't like her for the entire series well i think the growth in the revival was because they had to rewrite uh, well not rewrite at the time so amy paladino knew what she, like how she wanted to end gilmore girls as she was mm. writing it right yeah so when it came to the revival well edward herman passed away so she had to rewrite emily's arc and ending and i think that like i think emily's arc in the revival is the only good one you know yeah. everyone else is either yeah. like dumbed down doesn't make sense i'm gonna do a whole video on why like the revival just doesn't make sense it's because amy sherman paladino is a very petty woman um but i'll get to that on my main channel <laughs> so i think that's why emily had a good send-off as yeah. it were um i think like even in the friday night dinner in this episode she is trying because she says to richard something like lorelei's the executive manager of the inn isn't that wonderful yeah. and she's not being sarcastic at all but then richard starts being a bit mean about christopher you know mm -hmm. saying that rory must get her brains from christopher just like kissing christopher's ass he's not even there and he's the worst character like shut up uh, <laughs> so lorelei storms off and then she takes her anger out on emily because emily is the only one out of the two who bothers to go to the kitchen to go talk to her emily mm -hmm. originally didn't say anything nasty at all but then she's she's a proud woman she starts reacting to lorelei's anger which is just misplaced because really she's yeah. angry at her dad because she's got daddy issues <laughs> You know, um, I think because I remember the pilot a bit differently. I remember like Emily being really out of order. But when I rewatched it today, I thought, ah, oh, this is just kind of this is miscommunication. You know, like Lorelai's pissed at Richard. Emily's just trying to like make a, at this point, just trying to make a relationship with her daughter and granddaughter. I didn't find her too villainous in this in this episode. In season five, I've just got into the bit where she's trying to meddle in Luke and Lorelai's relationship. And I'm like, but I just think that's bad writing. I think my issue with Emily is like, just well, she's a bit of a snob, but mostly like she wants Lorelai to be happy in her way. Mm. And she can't understand that she's happy in a different way. And she's just a little narrow minded for my tastes. And that bothers me a bit. Oh, yeah, she's very, she's very narrow-minded because, like, not only were Richard and Emily, like, alive and brought up in a different time period, mm. um, they're also, they're also brought up in just an entirely different class system because, you know, you just have, like, this thing that this is the way you live your life and it's to this standard and you don't ever move your luggage, that's what the help do. Um, 
and if you fall pregnant out of wedlock then you get married and that's insane to try to make two 16 year olds get married in the first place but I could also you know like when you've got these proud wealthy people whose image is really important to them they're very self-obsessed in that way like you can see why it would make your family look bad so I can see where everyone's coming from though I do think I'm more on more of the side of don't try and marry off two teenagers because that is mental yeah and when, you know? when she was like oh we could have got Christopher a job in insurance he could have done that with your dad and I'm like mm, that's like your privilege talking and you're trying to control them again and you're not letting people find their own path and that but that's what they that's what they do in that world because that's logan's problem that his dad wants him to take over the media enterprise and he just doesn't like logan says something about him being pushed through Mm -hmm. the door as soon as he was born like that's the point of them even having children you know to carry on their own legacies but with wealth you know but they they do kind of turn rory into that as well like the whole way through like even in this episode She's like, I want to go to Harvard, I want to go to Harvard, and all this stuff, and that's, like, what the whole aim is. But again, as soon as Richard and Emily come along and go, well, actually, have you considered going to my college? And then they put the good word... Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, they put a good word in for her, and, like, they throw a bunch of money in it and stuff. And again, Roy being fickle just changes their mind and goes along with that. It's like they're trying to they couldn't mold Lorelai so now they're trying to mold Rory into their little clone. Oh, Rory was 100% their second chance at having yeah. the daughter that they wished yeah. in the first place which like that's fucked you yeah. know um, but there but there are certainly a lot of moments throughout the series where Richard and Emily are very proud of mm-hmm. what Lorelai has accomplished yeah you know because like and again it's the get it's the getting older thing um I understand that she was controlled and I would have rebelled against being controlled too. Um, But when she had that baby and then suddenly she just leaves and doesn't tell them where she's going or anything, like as parents who they do care, but in a very strange way, but they do care. As parents, it must've been difficult for them to have their child and now their grandchild like off out being homeless somewhere. You know, there's a lot of trauma (laughs) within this family. I think like... It bothers me that they're so judgmental about like Lorelai working as a maid and stuff. You know, oh yeah, yeah that that really bothered me. And Lorelai's like, no, I started there and I worked my way up and I did this and I did what I had to to like provide for my kid. And it bothers me that Emily can't see the good in that. You know. Well, uh, I think it's shown throughout the series that Emily is a bit jealous of Lorelai's independence and Lorelai's wife because Emily is just this um this businessman's wife and she does all the events and she handles xyz for him um but she's shown throughout the series to be a bit jealous of what Lorelai has accomplished you know especially especially in season five when her and Richard break up a bit and then in the revival after he dies she finds like she gets rid of the house and she starts doing what she wants to do but I guess for Emily and Richard's age like their parents must have been born in like the 1900s or, or so like like some old time you know so they would have been very strict about no this is what you guys are going to do you're going to grow up and basically be the wife of a businessman you're going to be a businessman you know which would be very difficult i don't think i'd have done very well if i'd been born in that time period oh god me neither <laughs> but I also think that's why I like Emily's arc in the revival so much because mm. now she's trying to like figure out who she is and find her identity without Richard and I kind of like that for her. It's yeah. like I think that's what she needed. 
it sounds horrible, but I do feel like for most of her life, Richard was kind of holding her back a lot, you know? But, I mean, he also gave her opportunities and stuff, I guess, and they were happy together and they loved each other. But also... <laughs> not... Yeah, she was she was happy to do that, but then it's yeah. good to see that she had that growth yeah. post, post-Richard, you know, instead of just um completely falling to pieces and not and not doing anything else because like she is quite a fiery person you can see that's where mm-hmm. Lorelai gets a lot of her fire like fieriness <laughs> and stuff from and, and and her like the the witty crap that she comes out with as well you know what yeah. did you think of um so what did you think of Dean in this episode because for me this is like pre-anger issues Dean mm-hmm. and he also knows about literature so there's this pre-jock Dean because they totally um like rewrote his character a little bit in the later seasons to make Jess more uh intellectually like on the same level as Rory they made they dumbed Dean down but Dean you know he knows about literature well he he noticed the book she was reading but he hadn't read any of them himself and like when she was reading Rosemary's Baby he was like oh yeah I like the film oh the film oh yeah he did say that didn't he yeah (laughs) I don't know I think we could see signs of him potentially becoming a bit like controlling in it because like he he was going on about like watching her all the time and like it it just seems yeah but because he's got like floppy hair and stuff you know that's totally romantic (laughs) but if he like if he was butters you know that like should be calling 911 (laughs) it's I don't know he um he seemed like a little bit of a blank canvas in the pilot Mm. You know, like, they didn't quite know what they wanted to make of him yet, so they just, you know, I don't think there was a lot to say about him. One thing I did notice, though, was um, when he was talking about, like, uh, the, the guy who got, like, hit by the football or whatever and all the blood, and then, like, Rory didn't, didn't like, move because she was immersed in her book. You know that line that she says? It's something like... Oh, wait, 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 no. Yeah, um, I've got it this... down. Go on. Maybe I didn't look up because I'm unbelievably self-centered. It's foreshadowing. Like that's foreshadowing. I was like, oh my God, that's like nearly self-awareness, but no. <laughs> Which, do you know what? Like I sometimes, I question a little bit what Amy wanted to do with Rory's mm-hmm. character in the first place because she is self-centered. She is this, uh, like adulteress um, in the revival there's the 30 something club and they're kind of seen as loser millennials because Amy Sherman Palladino, Palladino has some sort of issue with millennials god forbid right um, they're, they're loser millennials who haven't really accomplished anything but then Rory is also a loser millennial but it's almost like Amy sees her as a boomer and stuff. I don't know I don't understand what the character arc was even meant to be for Rory because I do think like I did, like a lot of people were disappointed with Rory's story in the revival, but I think it makes sense that she failed because I like she didn't have the grit to be a foreign war correspondent. Like no, well, like she was pampered um, and sheltered her entire life. When she gets a D, like the whole town, you know, carols around her to be like, no, it's okay, it's okay. You know, like she was never going to be okay in a war torn country with bullets flying overhead. Never, you know, and. She was also just like, she's a nepotism baby. She's a nepotism grand baby, you know, given all of these opportunities because Lorelai wasn't. Yeah, she's, and she definitely would have had trust funds set up for her. I think it makes sense that she was a bit of a failure in the revival because everyone's just been like kissing her ass and like pretending she's this perfect little sweet angel, but she's, she's not. She's a very flawed character. Yeah. I do think... (sighs) 
they kind of I don't want to say they hid it in like the first few seasons but they didn't make it as obvious and she wasn't as unlikable in the first few seasons um especially on the first watch I think the the big turning point was the whole Dean thing Mm. the the sleeping with Dean but I don't know I think maybe at that point she I don't say like she stopped hiding it but I'm not sure See, you've rewatched more recently than me. This is like my first rewatch in a couple of years. So mm. I'm going to, I don't know, I'm interested to see how I'm going to change as we go on. Like my opinions oh, and stuff. When she, when she sleeps with Dean, she never, never once feels bad for yeah. Lindsay. No. no. She's always like, but it's my Dean. It's my Dean. And Lorelai's like, no, he's <laughs> Lindsay's Dean. He was my boyfriend first. Like, grow up, go away. Um, yeah, she never, she never, well, I think there's a moment where she does feel bad for Lindsay because she sees her at this uh, butcher's trying to get the perfect roast beef for Dean. And I think she has a moment of feeling feeling bad, but she never expresses regret over helping, because it takes two to tango, but helping end a marriage. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she didn't even seem, like, did she even apologize to Lorelai in the pilot for, like, all the drama and everything. No, she just says that she's going to go to Chilton, then Lorelai's happy mm. about it. But no one ever seems to just go, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. no one communicates properly in this show. It's very annoying. Because, like, there's all the all the drama and everything. And also, I feel like she has... I don't know. Sorry, I had a thought and it's completely gone from me. But, Yeah. She's an interesting one. But I don't want to be just like a pure Rory hater. I think there's probably some good things about her, right? Give me a moment and I'll think of some. <laughs> no, I don't I don't mind her so much, but she's never the standout person for me. Uh, Lorelai annoys me plenty, but I think she's a very standout character. And I think I think Lauren Graham is beautiful for starters. She's she's yeah. almost like a like a classic beauty. Like she wouldn't be out of place in some sort of 40s black and white film do you know what i mean she's very classically beautiful yeah. and, and she how amazingly mm. she aged as well like in the revival how incredible did she look oh yeah insane oh yeah i wish i could age half as gracefully as her she looks like i mean in the next episode where they go to children she wears this little outfit we'll talk about it next time <laughs> um but she looks fantastic like she looks she looks yeah. so good i love her oh my god God, sorry, while we're on this conversation, can we talk about the like early 2000s outfits and clothes? Because I love them all so much. You know that scene in the school, in the classroom, where like the camera like goes up through all the girls and they're like painting their nails and stuff. All the outfits in that scene are fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I feel like Lane, when Lane finally uh, moves out and she has her own place and her room is so pink and there's like frilly things everywhere and just lots of like plastic and whatnot it's very early 2000s oh yeah and the music as well oh my god oh i forgot how good the music was in the like entire mm. show like the pilot alone had like uh the lars and obviously the um theme songs carol king like it mm. had really really good music and it just made me feel very nostalgic in a good way it was nice i remember one episode where jess um 
Rory wants Jess to do more with her because mm. he's being a bit of a, he's being a lousy boyfriend. And then he's and then he offhandedly is like, yeah, I got tickets to go to the, the distillers. Let's go see the distillers tonight. And the distillers are this Australian punk band. Mm. Brody Dahl was the front woman for them. And like, I would have killed to see the <laughs> distillers live. Like, that is so cool. Brody Dahl is awesome. <laughs> I just, I don't know, it feels, because um, when, when was the first season released? What year was that? Uh, 2000. Oh, Gilmore 2000. Girls was released in 2000. I actually thought it was a little later. I was thinking more like 2006-ish, but no. 2000 is still basically the 90s mm. in my mind. Like, what, what year was Dawson's Creek out? Because I always kind of like put them together in the same era in my mind. You ever seen Dawson's I... Creek? I never watched it. What is Dawson's Creek about? Is it about a bloke called Dawson who owns a creek? Um, it is about a guy called Dawson. And they live by a creek. <laughs> and it's just like a group of friends and stuff. And like Dawson wants to be a filmmaker. And his best friend, Joey, is played by Katie Holmes. And they're best friends. And they have sleepovers together every night until they realize they have feelings for each other. And then it gets weird. And there's this whole thing. And like... I really liked the first season and then I watched the second season and I was like, oh, they just literally undid everything in the first season so they could remake it again. Mm. And like nothing ever really changes. They just keep like p putting people together and then breaking them up and putting them together and breaking them up. And it's just very cyclical and it got kind of a little boring for me. But yeah, it wasn't my favorite. I still never finished the whole thing, but that had some great music in it. Okay, so that was 98. So that was a bit before Gilmore Girls, but they're still very much like mm. of the same era. Did you ever watch The OC? No, not seen that. No, I only That's just it. watched it recently. Mm. I watched the first two seasons and then I got a, like a few episodes in season three and I just couldn't, I don't know, I, I couldn't really deal with it because I enjoyed it, um, but it's so dramatic as yeah. in like I, I don't even know how to explain it it's just so like adam brody's character is always fancying this girl called summer um and then he'll like they'll get together in one episode and in that same episode he'll do something that's like vaguely kind of skirting lines of cheating or she'll do something and then they'll break yeah. up and it's just like can you just like stay together like that for me it's 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 too dramatic yeah I know. you know have you seen pretty little liars no, never, though. People keep talking about it. Oh, my God. I I could rant about that for a long time. It's an absolutely terrible show with all these horrible things happening and all these predatory men that it's all played off as romance. But then you start watching it and it's really, really addictive. And even though you never get any decent payoff for anything, you just keep watching. Mm. It's excellent. <laughs> I think... Um... So when I went to LA on a media trip with my college, uh, we went to the Warner Brothers and we got shown around the lots and stuff and you get these tours and whatnot. Yeah. And you get to go through uh, the the houses, the studio houses where they film like Desperate Housewives or whatever. And oh, there was one that was a classroom and you're not allowed to touch anything, right? You're not allowed to move things because they're active sets. Mm -hmm. And there was one that was a classroom and I wrote something on one of the chalkboards. <laughs> <laughs> Like nothing like like too, but that's just like a little something. And I don't know if that was like Gossip Girl or Pretty Little Liars or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I'd be interested to like work out the year and then see if like on the chalkboard, there's still that little like thing I wrote. <laughs> but I did it so subtly because like one of my classmates was getting told off for like pick a, picking up a fake orange. And I was, just, I was just there just like writing on this little chalkboard. <laughs> I feel like, Stars Hollow as a place isn't really explored that much in the pilot. 
which I thought was a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, I feel like as the series goes on, Stars Hollow becomes almost like a character within itself, if mm. that makes sense. And like the town has like a lot of personality and you have all these different things going on. But like I found it interesting that it wasn't really explored much in this. And you have the whole thing with like the hayride and Lane being made to go on the hayride with this like prospective guy and stuff like that. But I feel like later in the series, that would actually be something that Rory would kind of like be involved with. Mm. And like a part of because they were like way more involved with the community. So that kind of surprised me a bit. Mm. Does that make sense? Did you notice did you notice that the shots itself for the show felt different? Like it felt off. Like it felt like there was lots of close-ups. I don't know how yeah. better to explain it. I just noticed like lots of close-ups and lots of switches in between perspectives. So like, well, when, when she's in the coffee shop in the beginning and that guy's mm-hmm. talking to her, there's the camera switch. Like it's on Lorelai because she's talking, then it's back on the guy. Whereas I feel like normal Gilmore Girls, it's, uh, it's a bit of a wider shot and it's the characters mm-hmm. talking at the same time. It's less of that kind of like- POV. I think that's quite typical for a pilot because they're still finding their feet and figuring out what style they want to do things in and you know they'll get feedback before they go on to do the whole series and stuff which is fair enough um but I felt like there were quite a few little like technical errors in it which bugged me a bit like there were whole scenes where like they weren't quite in focus properly and stuff Mm. like that like there's one where Lorelai's talking and the focus is on the wall behind her and she's just ever so slightly out of focus and it really bugged me but yeah, there's quite a few of those in season one because there's definitely one scene where Rory and Lorelai are in the kitchen and you can see the microphone coming down like a little really? bit. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely some teeth oh, issues. I'm glad yeah. that they went for the the style of which they shot the rest of the series at rather than the, you know, this person talking quickly switched to, you know what I mean? That makes sense. It feels a bit more natural the way that they've done it since. Yeah. I felt like the pilot wasn't, as funny as the rest of the series either like I didn't find myself like having a little giggle at any point so it's just like okay fine but yeah so I feel like they really kind of found their comedy footing as it went on I feel like the only bits that were kind of really intended to be like funny were the moments with Suki but again Mm. I don't really enjoy the slapstick stuff so that wasn't really for me but again what was the point of her in the pilot she didn't do anything to further the plot no, she was just there to be Lorelai's confidant, mm. I guess. Yeah. That was it. But Well, I think it's good that they developed her more, but I've definitely noticed yeah. in my rewatching that I've um uh, that I find her actually a little bit annoying because she's so I think she'd be a wonderful friend to have, but as a business partner, I think she's diabolically awful. Oh, she is yeah. not someone I would never go into business with a person like that. She's so unprofessional. She's so like, sorry, I know you've just had a kid, but the world doesn't stop. So don't promise you're going to do stuff and then don't do it and be like, oh, but I have a kid. Like We know that. Like Lorelai has given you the chance to not do these things if you have to look after your kid. Yeah. But like, you know, women have been having babies for thousands of years. <laughs> It's nothing new. <laughs> well, there's a scene in the pilot where she sets the whole stove on fire. And then she's like, mm. oh, you know, fire me. Take it out of my paycheck. And Laurel is like, okay. And she's like, no, wait, please don't. I'm like, Stop it. Grow up. No, no, she breaks an entire oven. Like, yeah. sorry, I would fire. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, like, 
would I fire a chef for breaking an oven? Maybe if it was the first time, I'd be like, okay, it could, it could. I've never broken an oven personally, but you know what? What do I know? I'm not a chef. I'm sure it can happen. But she breaks ovens. She like smashes pots and pans all the time. She's a clutch. She's like the insurance on that place would be through oh, the roof just because of her. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want to start a business with her. It doesn't matter how good a cook she is. She's gonna lose you money. It's mm. ridiculous. Other than Michelle, are there any actual adults in the series? Actual adults. Luke. Luke's definitely an adult. Oh, Luke's an adult, of course, yeah. Yeah, Luke's a proper adult. Um... I guess Richard and Emily are a little bit, but... Maybe, I don't know. They have their moments. Yeah. Suki's not an adult. Lorelai's no. not an adult. No. Max Medina, I would say no, he's not an adult. Because they had an argument and like later on they have an argument, right? And his his uh reaction to that is then let's get married in the middle of an argument. That's not something an adult would do. <laughs> what? Are you saying you don't argue and get married like on a daily basis? Oh yeah, all the time, but you know <laughs> But we're allowed to, we're YouTubers. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Oh, Jess, older Jess. Older Jess is an adult. He's an adult, yeah. You know, I I don't know if I like Jess or not. I can't ever decide. I think it's because in my mind I always seem as the guy from Heroes. It's that actor. I find it really hard to see him in other roles as like other characters. Oh, I, I never watched that, so I only really know him as Jess um... Mariano. Or so he was in one of the Rocky films. No. As Rocky's son. So like there's that but i only really know him as jess so for me like i i like him some of the time mm. i think as an adult he's perfectly fine he's way too yeah. good for rory as an adult but teenage jess he's a bit he's a bit of a drama king mm. how was he related to luke again was he nephew? his nephew yeah nephew, yeah hmm. no luke's daughter when we get there, I'm going to have some things to say about her character. When we get there in Ooh. four years' time. Oh. <laughs> oh, so much to say. But no, we're still on the pilot. <laughs> I think it's going to be very hard to, like, just stay on one episode. But I think we've done okay with this one. Right? Yeah, no, I think so too. Like, it's... Well, hindsight is a wonderful thing, True. isn't it? Yeah. But it's funny to see, like, those little bits of Rory... Yeah. are kind of there from the beginning um Lorelai it's not really there as in you like she seems like she has her shit together and yeah. that just devolves as the series go goes on Luke well to begin with Luke was this incredibly like I don't know if socially aware is the right term but he was just a very aware person you know saying things like red meat's gonna kill you do you know yeah. what damage golf um courses do to the environment that type of thing and I feel like as the series went on they 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 dumbed him down a little bit, yeah. but that can tend to happen with series anyway. The longer they yeah. go on, the more characters just become... What's it called? Flanderism or something? Yeah, the Ned Flander yeah. thing. Well, yeah. like every Simpsons character is kind of the, the epitome of the Ned Flanders thing, you know, because yeah. every Simpsons character eventually just gets reduced down to its... Yeah, stereotype. Like, well, but like, like the thing about The Simpsons that gets me is... The Simpsons is about stereotypes. They're all stereotypical. The Simpson family is the stereotypical nuclear family. Like yeah. the dad's overweight and he's got like a, you know, 
he's a bit of a deadbeat and he's got a dead end job and the wife is like just staying at home and doing the cooking and stuff like every character is a stereotype but you know but people want to have a go at it now when like that's yeah. what it's been for almost 30 years but that's the point of the show yeah it surprises me that it's still going because i don't really feel like it's relevant anymore the average family in america isn't like that anymore mm. you can't have a house like that mm. a job like that without a college degree you can't he, like they just couldn't afford that lifestyle on his salary anymore things like that mm. so i feel like as iconic as the simpsons is it just doesn't feel relevant or real anymore like they're still relying on these old stereotypes that aren't really the case nowadays you know yeah they should have stopped doing it at least over a decade ago i have yeah. not even watched the most recent seasons oh god i tried to watch some really really bad I think around season 25 was where I gave up because I was like, mm. I started doing well, a thing where like, if I wasn't interested in the episode, I would just like skip to the next one. And I just got to a point where I was like skipping every episode. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to stop wasting my time on this now. Well, my friend watched um, every single episode of The Simpsons because they put them on Disney Plus. So yeah. he sat there literally for months. He would watch a couple of episodes a day. And because uh, we both love the Simpsons, as in like seasons one to eleven, yeah. like the seasons one to nine, one to yeah. yeah, like the golden era. We both, you know, we we grew up on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and he Six says that like every weeknight. Yeah, he says that it gets really, really like like worse than hell, um, for like a lot of the seasons. But then there are just a few of the later ones where they they change the writing team and actually they're not too bad. A few of the later ones, I'd have yeah. to get like the the specifics because he knows because yeah. he sat there and watched it but he said like you know a lot of them like apparently lisa goes gaga is one of the worst rated episodes and it's something yeah. about lady it's gaga really goes it's some like nonsense yeah it's, it's awful i saw it it's really bad it's oh. and i like lady gaga and i was like no mm. none of this um but i actually watch a few youtube channels that are like simpsons histories and stuff like that and like they do all these like analysis of simpsons episodes and story arcs and like some of them do like whole character histories and stuff. it's brilliant i love that stuff mm. even though i don't really watch it anymore i still really enjoy those videos they're great i enjoy watching videos about simpsons hit and run because <laughs> it was just it was one of the best playstation games they've got to remaster it well have you seen that video there's a guy who is basically remaking it himself but with like you know new graphics new elements that sort of thing and he's like redoing all the questions showing you how you would build it from scratch but with like you know today's tools it's amazing mm. such a good series i think he's on like 10 episodes or something now and i've watched them all they're so good oh wow no i haven't seen that i'll have to check it out i'll find the link i'll send it to you it's great <laughs> but that's it for our review recap analysis <laughs> of Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls, not The Simpsons, episode one, <laughs> the pilot. Next time we're going to check out episode two, the Lorelai's first day at Chilton. See, like, I literally know these things off the top of my head. It's Rory's first day at Chilton. The Lorelai's, because it's both of them. Oh, the Lorelai's. Ah, yeah. Let see what you did. See, like, Wait, this do they have mind. episode titles or are they just... Yeah. <laughs> oh, The episode titles are usually references to, um because Amy Sherman Palladino... I'm just going to call her Amy from now on. Yeah. Amy, my best mate, she like loves a little pop culture reference. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Gilmore yeah. Girls is littered through it. So a lot of the titles oh, yeah. are as well uh, in reference to something or like some old yeah. TV show or whatnot. 
That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Episode two next. We got this. Episode two, we will attempt to do these weekly, but you know that that's a bit of a joke whenever I say I'm going to do something weekly. Look, I'm a very busy person, all right? Mm -hmm. I'd sit at home and I have to binge watch TV shows all day. It takes up a lot of my time. That's true. Also, do you think you can put up with me for that long for us to get through a whole seven seasons and a revival? No, you're absolutely fine. I'm more worried about <laughs> me, me and my mood swings. <laughs> No, but I hope that people watching, I hope they enjoyed. I hope I hope we can reach the Gilmore Girl fandom because like, we both, well, I adore the show. I mm. love it. It's my favorite show, but I think it's even just better to analyze and bitch about Christopher and Rory. Pull it all apart, every bit of it, until we hate it and then love it again. It'd be great. Yeah, like all good relationships. Mm, of course. I'm going to get Team Luke t-shirts made and we have to wear them every episode. Yeah, why do people care about Team Dean, Jess, or Logan? It's all about Team Luke. Who them? Luke. Oh, Luke. but are you Team Dean, Jess, or Logan? Oh, God. Honestly, I don't like any of them. Adult Jess, probably, but... Mm -mm -mm. No. See, you couldn't trust Dean because he's a cheater. Jess, as a teenager, is just like a little bit of a wreck he's fine Troubled. but yeah and then logan is just thrown through a douchebag he's horrible ah, but that... him, but... well that's why i'm team logan because logan and rory deserve each other so they don't have to inflict their nonsense on anyone else um but yeah adult jess is way too good for adult rory uh rory i just think rory actually needs to be alone and like grow up and learn to do something for herself for once but that's just me yeah, that's not going to happen, though. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Remember to give us a like, comment, subscribe. Follow me on Spotify and on iTunes. And we'll see you guys next time, hopefully next week. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Fingers crossed. Bye.